0: Welcome back. I'm Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona Elder Law Firm of Fleming & Curdy PLC. And one of the other partners, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and my co-host in this Elder Law Issues podcast is here with me today to talk about Britney Spears. Welcome back, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you, Robert. And you also forgot to mention Rosalind Fleming, who is joining (laughs) us today.
0: Rosalind Franklin Fleming, in fact, for for uh, science nerds, is the uh, the the house corgi, the staff corgi at the at Fleming and Curdie, and she's uh, actively chewing on a bone in the corner. So you may hear a little bit of. Rah, 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 sound.
1: It's not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Britney Spears. I wanted to talk about Britney Spears, not to go over a story that has been well discussed, but to make some definitions of terms and some distinctions between what happens in California and some other states and what happens in Arizona. Elizabeth, can we start with a definition of terms?
1: Sure, Robert. I think one of the biggest terms that I'd like you to define is conservatorship or conservatorship.
0: <laughs> in California, and by the way, we don't practice in California, so we only know about this because of our general background and, and informa- of information about other states' laws. If you have California questions, you need to talk to a California lawyer. But one thing we do know is that in California, they have conservatorships over the person and the estate. In Arizona, we have a distinction. If someone is going to manage the finances of another person, they are a conservator of the estate. But if they're going to manage the life choices, the living arrangements or the medical care or the the uh, associations of another person, they would be called a guardian of the person in Arizona. So there's that distinction right away. If you're reading about Britney Spears or some guardianship or conservatorship in another state, uh, you you first want to figure out if we use the same language in Arizona.
1: And Robert, sometimes people ask us about limited guardianships or limited conservatorships. That's something else to remember. You know, we, we have people who will ask us whether a limited guardianship might be appropriate in a case, and so that there are definitions within those terms.
0: There are. And there are also temporary or emergency guardianships or temporary or emergency conservatorships. So there are a lot of different gradations. In Arizona, the process for all of those different kinds of things is very similar. So um, it might not be a different cost overall. It might, however, allow more uh, autonomy for the person who's the subject of the guardianship and or conservatorship. There are a lot of different ways that we can, we can um, approach a, a problem of making decisions for someone else under Arizona law, as there are in other states.
1: And Robert, I think uh, when we talk about guardianships and conservatorships, and when we meet with people to have these conversations, it's so important to talk about what are the goals here, Let's, let's get away from the terms, the legal authority that you'd like to have over a son or daughter or spouse or parent. Let's actually talk about the goals. What is the reason that you're considering a guardianship? I think with those questions, that helps us really make some recommendations about what would be appropriate.
0: One of the questions that I often ask family members when they ask about a guardianship is, has something not worked? Because if it's working the way things are set up now with family maker, members making medical decisions or uh, persuading the person to, to act appropriately without having to go to court, maybe we don't need to do this at all. Maybe you should continue to, to use your, um, your arrangements that have worked reasonably well.
1: And Robert, I think the other question we usually ask people is, can we go ahead and do powers of attorney? Can we have a conversation about that and whether the authority under a power of attorney would be a good solution or an alternative to a guardianship or a conservatorship?
0: So often clients call us up and say, uh, my mom is in the nursing home. She's completely unable to communicate. I need to get her power of attorney. And of course, a power of attorney is a different kind of thing. It requires the person to be able to understand what it is they're signing and to actually sign it. So it's not always a choice for you if the the subject of the proceedings has already lost their capacity, but it is often a way to forestall the need for a guardianship or conservatorship. you know before I leave conservatorship, having just said the word, I, I realize you said conservatorship, and I want to say a word about that that. Uh, most states have some combination of guardians and conservators but a couple of states conventionally there's nothing in their statute that compels this but they prefer to say conservator connecticut is famous for that a conservator in connecticut looks very much like a conservator in california except it's spoken with an east coast accent i guess is is a uh, tomato
1: the, tomato yes, potato yes, tomato <laughs>
0: Uh, and, And there are a lot of states, a lot of states that don't have conservators or conservators at all. They still have guardians of the person and guardians of the estate, two different roles, but the same title. That's particularly common in the eastern seaboard in states that have not caught up with the relatively more modern language of guardians and conservators.
1: And Robert, here in Arizona, whether somebody wanted to be appointed guardian or conservator, we are asking in those initial appointments for some kind of medical background or medical evidence that that's really necessary. So people should understand that even if you are not asking to be appointed guardian, for someone but you'd like to assist them as a conservator we're still going to ask for some documentation and some medical evidence that shows the person you want to assist is really unable to manage assets themselves so I think that that distinction is important too, Robert because all too often I see people come in who may want a conservatorship and they may want to be appointed but they don't have the medical evidence necessary to show why the appointment would be important
0: and Elizabeth, that's a nice backdoor way to introduce a different difference between Britney Spears' story and, uh, and what happens in Arizona. Britney Spears' conservatorship in California began as what's called a voluntary conservatorship. She consented to the appointment of a conservator of her person and her estate when it first started 14 or 15 years ago. Arizona doesn't have a similar provision. Uh, now, as I understand California law, and I could be wrong about this, but uh, but I know it's true in at least some of the states that have voluntary conservatorships or voluntary guardianships, once the proceeding has started, it's the duty of the of the subject of the proceeding to prove that they no longer need a conservator or a guardian if they want to end it. And that was how the whole Free Brittany movement arose. It could not, that same story could not have played out the same way in Arizona because there's no Arizona mechanism for a Britney Spears to say, please go ahead and appoint a guardian or conservator for me uh, and initiate the proceedings. You have to be able to show some incapacity or some inability to manage money in order to get a guardian of the person or a conservator of the estate in Arizona. As you say, Elizabeth, we need to start with that doctor's report. Uh, or some medical evidence of some limited ability.
1: And Robert, I think that when I look ahead and, and look down the road at the ways guardianships and conservatorships will evolve, I think that there will be a trend to providing people greater autonomy, to have assistance when they need it, whether or not that means using powers of attorney more frequently. We know the Arizona Secretary of State Actually, on the website uh, for years has had links to healthcare power of attorney forms that people can complete. I think that there may be more proactive measures taken by government entities to help people who don't have access to legal resources be able to create powers of attorney as an alternative to finding themselves in a guardianship or conservatorship situation.
0: That's kind of what I wanted to talk about, to, to make some distinctions about how the process in Arizona works from that in other states. But there are some common threads. One of them is that in Arizona, as in other states, the subject of a guardianship, conservatorship, or the principal in, a, in a, an agency relationship, someone who signed a power of attorney, all of those people should be given as much autonomy and self, self-direction as possible. And so the goal of everybody in the system ought to be to try to recognize what it is they want, try to affect their wishes so long as they are not damaging or dangerous, uh, and uh, and to encourage them to have as much free will as possible.
1: And Robert, I think to that point, that's one of the reasons why in Arizona, you are required to have a guardian excuse me, the proposed uh, ward would be required to have some kind of counsel like an attorney appointed by the court or his or her attorney by preference to assist in a case like this because, you know, that person needs to be represented and make sure that somebody is providing that degree of advocacy as well if in cases where things are contested. There's also an independent court-appointed investigator in these cases, which I think, again, um, confirms the importance of being able to to allow somebody to express themselves and what they themselves would like to have happen.
0: I think that's as much as we want to cover today about guardianship and conservatorship in Arizona and uh, maybe we can stop talking about Britney Spears and, and her conservatorship and the Free Britney movement forever now. But. Whatever we talk about next time, we promise that we will be interesting and entertaining if you will please rejoin us for our next Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming, one of the partners at Fleming & Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. My co-host, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, is one of the other partners at the firm. We really hope that you will join us for our next Elder Law Issues. Talk to you then.